0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Ryan Pass. Ryan is the Vice President of Operations at Sands Investment Group, based in their Charleston headquarters. In his current role, he focuses on strategic operational initiatives to support the growth of SIG across the country, including expansion into new markets and opportunities. Before his time at Sands Investment Group, Ryan spent eight years in New York and Boston working in advertising and media at NBC Universal, Tumblr Yahoo, and eventually at United Masters, a music technology startup where he served as the head of finance and operations. He is also a proud graduate of the class of 2008 at the University of South Carolina. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, Megan. Really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion, too, regarding your experience with and the benefits of being data-driven. It's definitely the way the finance and accounting profession is headed. So let's get started. All right. Tell me about your career progression. How did you get to where you are today?
1: So I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then I ended up going to college down at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. After college, I uh, moved to Charleston, South Carolina. In college, I had focused in in finance, uh, really looking in the banking sector. And after college, I, I ended up finding a job at Bank of America, working as a personal banker, helping consumers, small businesses, open accounts, apply for loans, work through issues or problems that they might be having. It was a really great way to start my career and really gain some experience that I, that I really needed just coming out of college and trying to understand the different types of opportunities that exist in the world of finance. I did that for uh, a couple of years and I got to learn some great lessons on how you work with people and how to kind of structure your, your time to be efficient and effective and really understanding people's needs and trying to find solutions. But I ended up kind of growing restless with the idea of working in that kind of niche of the finance world. And I wanted to look for different opportunities. I started looking outside of kind of my little bubble that I had lived uh, all in the same kind of like three-hour radius my whole life. And I ended up finding a job in Boston, Massachusetts, working at a digital advertising agency called Digitas. And that was like really an eye-opening experience for me kind of opened my world to what else is out there in corporate finance analytics data and i I got really immersed in the world of media and advertising and learned some really valuable lessons uh, of what is kind of out there in the world of finance and a lot of that was around the uh, analysis of data and using that to kind of start building out a forecast and managing cash flow and payables and how the numbers really translated into something bigger than just what you were doing in the day-to-day. And Digitas was a great learning experience for me. I ended up transferring to New York, working with the same company there, and I really, really enjoyed my time there. It was a great way for me to learn about the way that that business operates. And an opportunity came up for me to move to kind of the other side of the media business and i joined nbc universal working in their new york headquarters as part of their ad sales finance team and my job there was kind of focused on digital properties and uh doing some analysis of their online catalog of video so they have online video that runs on nbc.com on bravo on usa.com and on hulu and this kind of gave me a different type of lens into the way that a huge media company like nbc builds their system and process. And that was a really, really important step in in my growth. I I really kind of got to understand how the best of the best do it. You know, NBC has been in business for years doing this on, on the TV landscape and then has transferred into the digital marketplace and has done it really, really well. And I was able to take a lot of that experience into my next role at Tumblr. So Tumblr had recently been acquired by uh, Yahoo a couple months before I arrived there and they were building out their ad sales team. And as part of that, they were looking for somebody to help with the, the, the kind of bridging the gap between sales and finance. And based on my experience at NBC and at Digitas, it gave me the opportunity to kind of lean on the background I had in media, analytics, reporting And I actually got to build the system that would allow the sales team to grow, scale, and really like forecast effectively so that they could continue to build on the business of sales and actually like turning that into like long term profits for the company. I eventually became the head of finance and operations at Tumblr. I got to work uh, with the Yahoo corporate finance team and really helped uh, kind of focus on all things growth and trying to make the back-end processes and systems really really strong so that as as we would grow and scale we would be able to do that uh, while keeping costs somewhat in in line Uh, that was really an invaluable experience for me and uh, it got me really kind of into the idea of working with smaller companies and helping them grow so after tumblr i joined a company called united masters which is a music and technology startup and they're, they really were focused on building out a platform that would allow artists to distribute their music and interact with their fans, kind of bypassing your traditional record label. And it would basically give the artists the freedom to create their own legacy, their own path, and hopefully their own financial freedom. And this was an amazing opportunity for me to build something that could change the world, could really like have an impact on the way that not only an artist functions, but an entire industry works. Yeah. And I learned a, real, real, uh, a ton of, of key valuable lessons from a lot of smart people while I was there. And then after around six or so years in New York, my wife and I decided to move back to South Carolina, wanted to be closer to family and friends. And I came across a company called Sands Investment Group, a commercial real estate brokerage company that was really on a, a huge growth uh, trajectory. And they're headquartered here in Charleston, South Carolina. So I've been at SANS for about two years, helping to run the day-to-day operations, building out the platform that includes all the reporting, analytics, compliance, training, finance, marketing, et cetera. And this has been a great experience for me. In my time at SANS, we've opened two offices, one in my hometown of Charlotte and another in Philadelphia, and we've doubled our headcount. And it's really been a wild and supremely rewarding experience for me. So that's kind of my background and how I got from where I started to where I am today.
0: Yeah, there are so many different directions a career in finance and accounting can take. And it sounds like yours has had some really interesting twists and turns, and you've had some really great experience. So are there any particular stories or career moves that stand out in your mind as turning points in your career?
1: Yeah, I think the, the biggest one that I, I kind of uh, go back to is my move when I joined Tumblr as it kind of gave me my first real opportunity to both build things on my own and to have direct access to some of the, the best and brightest people in the world of sales, operating, uh, operations and engineering. I worked with a lot of great people there and it really kind of uh, opened up my eyes to, to what was out there and the things that you can do to have an impact on a business and one of the, the mantras I've kind of always believed in is that the best way of checking your understanding of something is to really teach it. And my experience at Tumblr gave me the opportunity to shift from that role of student to the teacher. As I'd worked at Digitas and NBC, I was kind of like the, the plug, the cog into the wheel and make sure that you understand exactly how to do things. And at, at Tumblr, I kind of had the opportunity to, to build things on my own. And they brought me there to to show their team the way that it should be done and gave me the freedom to kind of build the systems and processes in my own way. And that was a really, really rewarding experience for me. I think the other big blessing of my time at Tumblr was that I got to work alongside with engineers and product managers that really helped me understand what it means to use and analyze data to make smarter decisions. And kind of shifted my, my mindset to the way of thinking about data and analytics to help operate a business and run an organization.
0: Yep, so having seen it in person, what does it mean to you to be a data-driven organization?
1: Yeah, I think to to me a a data-driven organization is one that not only has access to the data, which is kind of the first step, but also that drives their business to actually use the data to pull levers and to understand the things that they can do to either stop the pain or allow for future growth. I think uh, a lot of times in, in, in business and decisions, there's so much emotion that goes into like the vision and the path and the, the thing that people want to do to grow and scale a business. And sometimes you simply need to use the numbers and the data to make decisions so that you can remove some of those feelings of like resentment and pain. So like, if you just take an example of like a new product offering that you're going to roll out, the person that's running that project says, I think the design pricing format, et cetera, is going to be way better than what we currently have. We're going to have better engagement. We're going to have a better click rate. A non data driven organization would just allow that person to execute on the plan because they believe in them wholeheartedly, right? They've never failed in the past. So why would we you know, think anything differently? A data-driven organization would build a test. They do an A-B test where the new format is going to be tested versus the same conditions as the old. And the decisions going to be made based on which one has the better engagement, click rate, pricing model, et cetera. The project manager might be disappointed, but it's not personal. It's that the, the business is running on the numbers, not your gut feel. And I think that that type of uh, thinking, it's a hard thing to implement, but it really does make a difference because you are, are using the outcomes of a test and using the outcomes of something that you're putting in place to try to make sure that you're doing the right thing and not just the thing that feels right. Does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And those are some great points. We hear so much today about being data-driven and yet despite their best efforts, many companies find that a strong data-driven culture remains elusive and data is rarely the universal basis for decision-making. So why is it so hard for companies to get this right?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's a few things here. I think beyond like the emotion and the gut feel that, that I, I mentioned before, the other challenge is really establishing the right key performance indicators or KPIs. I think in a lot of businesses, there's a lag time between some of the metrics that they want to move and track Uh, and that makes things difficult, right? So like if you're focused on daily users of your product or your service, your decisions are gonna be really different than if you were focused on quarterly revenue, right? So like it's important to have a variety of KPIs that allow you to see both the micro and the macro and understand how they work together. Once you do that, you'll be able to have like more pointed discussions around the decisions that need to be made because the impact should truly be tangible. Like it can be tied to something immediate or something that we expect to happen in X X period of time. So if you set the KPIs too far away from the day to day, it's really hard to like tie this to that and then you lose the opportunity to learn from the numbers, right? If you're only focused on what's gonna happen at the end of the year and you're in January, It's really hard to kind of like understand how that one decision you'd make on January 15th is gonna impact the number that you get to on December 31st. And it often takes a few extra steps that you kind of have to go through, but without it, like your employees, your teammates, everyone that is working towards these goals is gonna have a hard time setting their plan in motion and focusing on the projects that are gonna move the needle since there's too many other factors that could contribute to the numbers changing.
0: Yeah, I think KPIs are just so important. I mean, I, I guess in in running any business and, and getting them right for any purpose in business is is very important thing to do.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not easy, right? It's like right. you kind of have to start somewhere and it could be the wrong thing, but at least you're putting your right foot forward and you're saying, let's try this and let's, you know, assess after, you know, three months, six months, et cetera because it's the kind of thing, it's a moving target and you have to make sure you're always adjusting and keeping the true needs in mind of the business. And sometimes that could change, right? We've seen a lot of change in our world in the last six months. And I think that some businesses probably had to change their KPIs and that's okay. As long as they're focused on the data and having that discussion, that's gonna help push them forward.
0: Yeah, it's important to remember that they're living things.
1: (laughs) Yes, totally.
0: So most of us are not data scientists. So how do we get broad buy-in to use data across the organization? In other words, how can we fuse the domain knowledge in a business with the technical know-how?
1: Yeah, I think this is really one of the hardest nuts to crack when it comes to like using the data and getting buy-in. Each company, each organization is going to be different. And some of those challenges might be based on the industry that you work in. So my, my time uh, at United Masters working in the world of music was, was really different from what I experienced in my time working in media. Because kind of the way that those businesses are structured and have been operated since the beginning of time. So music, uh, as you probably know, is kind of based on emotion, right? It's the feeling you get when you hear a song or watch a music video where someone can say, I think this is going to be a hit or I see something in this artist. If you compare that to kind of what you see in the media world uh, where everything has always kind of relied on this idea of focus groups even when it was uh, you know just tv advertising or print advertising way before it went digital the numbers were always really important and those two things are very different and i I think kind of the key here is being open to other people's perspectives and from a, a data perspective Asking good questions that you that will really kind of help you understand What metric you could report on that could best mimic that feeling? So like in the example of the the music world of trying to look for something that's a hit You want to know really quickly How great something is going to be and if you ask the right questions and you can go deeper into uh, An understanding of, of what that person is looking for you can land on a metric of maybe tracking the number of streams over the first 10 days after something's released so that you can help to find something where the numbers match the feeling. I think the other key is figuring out how you visualize the data that helps the numbers, the chart, uh, the trend jump off the screen. And this is the kind of thing you have to adjust over time, But like using colors, scale, arrows. You wanna make it really clear to people what they should be looking at in that chart. You've know, you probably seen a great stock chart where things go up and to the right. Well, sometimes there's uh, some ebbs and flows, and you want to make sure that you're able to call things out in the correct time frame uh, and to give people an understanding of how things might have changed. And I think it's important to kind of uh, embrace the role of being a reporter of the news and not the creator of it. So you use the data to help open up a conversation and ask more questions about things and not come into it with your own theory. And I think that's going to help people understand that like the, the data is not the judge and the jury. It's just the thing to start the conversation. And all good conversations around data should have both quantitative and qualitative measures to it.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important to put uh, the data, as you said, into something that can be visualized. I mean, as they say, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yes,
1: totally. And I think that some of that takes some trial and error, right? You you kind of have to take someone that is not you know, used to looking at the numbers. Sometimes you get so sucked into it where you say, oh, this has to make sense to everybody. And you really got to get feedback. And you got to say, does this help you understand what's happening? Or would there be a that better time frame. Do you want to look every week and see how the numbers change? Do you want to look every month? Or do you want it to just be a living, breathing thing that's updated in real time? And I think getting that feedback will help make it easier for the audience of that data to understand exactly what they're looking at.
0: Yep, great point. So it's clear that you've worked for some companies that use data very well. What types of advantages do you feel these companies enjoy?
1: I think the the companies that that use data well are able to make quicker decisions and they have the increased ability to pivot or to capture lightning in a bottle. If you're not like really constantly tracking, reporting and thinking through what the numbers are, there's going to be a high likelihood that you're going to miss the message, right? If you could know that something is going poorly and make a quick decision to change that, or if things are going really well you might be able to double down on that idea and continue to push that success forward. And I think there's nothing worse than being blind to an issue or changing away from something too quickly. While and like the data's the data, the numbers not the only way to kind of gauge the success of things, but they need to be part of the story no matter what. Right? It's like you can't be all based on gut feel. You have to use the numbers to to kind of set a baseline. And I think like the other really maybe less tangible advantage, is that companies that are data-driven and that use data to make decisions, it helps to empower your employees to become experts on the business they they work on. Like talking about the numbers and what's happening and how things are changing helps people have a bigger view of the holistic way that all the departments, teams, and groups work together. And that helps you to create something bigger and better uh, than kind of working in these little silos. And I think that this really leads to better retention, more success uh, in the long run for those companies, and also just a, a better camaraderie and feeling of, of people working on a shared goal and knowing that this impacts that. And my department's actions will impact this department's actions. And this person's success is my success. And I think that's a really powerful thing and really helps uh, you know create something different in the company when you're using the, the numbers, the data, then all tying back to like a mutual goal that everyone shares.
0: So what questions should organizations be contemplating as they strive toward a data-driven culture?
1: I think you kind of have to, to take a, a step back. And if you, let's say you're not a data-driven culture at all, and that you want to start to have uh, data as part of your weekly meetings, your monthly meetings, etc., You kind of have to start with uh, what people would consider to be a good day or week or month what does that look like for the ceo right do they care about the dollars and cents is there a certain metric that they that keeps them up at night what about for the head of marketing what about for the sales team what do they think good is and what do they think bad is and what scares them or what makes them excited and take the first step and understand what drives people emotionally And then start to figure out a way that you can track a metric that mimics that. So once you can get an agreement on the metric, the timeframes, and set goals with those teams, with those uh, stakeholders of those different metrics, you want to make sure that you set something in place that feels ambitious enough to achieve, but not outrageous. You want people to feel empowered and you want them to see that tangible impact. And then once you can report on how you're doing versus those metrics, you're then able to ask for feedback on how effective the reporting is to continue to refine it and get better. Right? Like kind of that idea that the time frame or the way that you set up the chart or the colors that you're using weren't clear. And you want to make sure that they, the, the people that are receiving the numbers and that are making decisions based off of it know exactly what it says. And I think just simply setting the ball in motion to have a key metric by department, will allow you to be data-driven at your core. And then you can kind of build from there. Kind of that idea that like Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were building every day. You have to start somewhere and you have to kind of kick that off with the idea that you want to help empower others to make decisions, not that you just want to force this data-driven culture on you.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's always the first step that seems to be the hardest.
1: Yes, it, it always is. And I think you have to kind of go at it in, in a way that people understand that it's for their benefit and not something that you're just trying to like shift the culture of a company. And I think the, the way that, that you can do that by asking questions and understanding what drives people is going to help you have a, a better feedback loop in terms of being able to get something off the ground because once it's off the ground, it starts going from there. If you flop on that initial pass, it's gonna be much more difficult to, to kind of push it forward.
0: So what are the defining characteristics of data-driven businesses and what can companies do to catch up with the leaders if they've already fallen behind?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about openness to change. And I think a lot of that comes from the top and comes from the kind of culture that you build within the company. I think even as a financial professional, it's, it's easy to say, well, I really only care about the revenue or the profit or the net income or our expenses. But that's not really being data driven right that's that's focusing on uh one metric that is is moved by many different needles and simply focusing on the number that's like the outcome of months or years of work varying sales cycle different marketing impacts is going to be difficult to track so i think Even in the role of a financial professional or CFO, you have to be open to doing things in different ways to start to understand what might impact some of those numbers. So take a step back and walk through what impacts your expenses or what impacts your uh, profit margin and try to figure out if there's something that happens on a weekly basis or monthly basis that could trigger an impact to those numbers and try to figure out if there's a way to start pushing forward and tracking that. And I think it's also about allowing others to share their ideas and empower them to set their own goals, their own metrics and ways that they want to track the numbers. And then you'll really kind of turn that corner to a business that is data driven. It's a kind of a collection of all the parts. If people are feeling like the the decisions they make are based on a number, you kind of force it from the bottom up and the top down. And when they meet together, your, your business will, will change dramatically. And I think that that's kind of the, the powerful moment that you're hoping to achieve. Everyone's gotta be open to change feedback. It's not an easy thing to, to all of a sudden take something that was done based on gut feel and change it to something that's tracked by, by numbers and numbers as like the, the leading force. And it takes time. You just have to be patient and you have to work with people and you have to ask questions and get feedback. And I think in the end, the results are worth it. And I think a lot of times for a growing company, they hit a tipping point. And if they decide to start to bring in data and metrics and key performance indicators and true tracking of those numbers, it can really set them up on a path for much longer sustainable growth than if they just continue to do things the way that they used to in the past because it always worked.
0: Yeah, and I think you hit on a great point that you know change is scary. and. Uh... You know, not everybody enjoys doing it, but as you said, I think the results here are really worth it.
1: Yes, uh, I think we all have have had that moment of um, you feel like you're you're jumping off the ledge and you have to kind of push yourself to do it because uh, it's very easy to to kind of settle into the way that you've always done things. And I think that if you are content with that, you're probably not growing, and you're probably not doing all the things that you can do to be a better employee and also to help grow the company. And I think that sometimes you have to push yourself that, that extra step to kind of jump. And once you do, you'll find that, that you're a better person for it and that yeah, the things that you, you can do when you take that next step are going to be much greater.
0: Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. You've given our listeners some really great advice. Well, Megan,
1: thank you for having me. This was fun and glad
0: glad I got to talk about it a little bit
1: uh, with you guys. I am a fan of the data and of the numbers. And I also just enjoy uh, getting to kind of talk about the things that different companies are seeing. So thank you so much for uh, having me on today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking again soon.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed hearing your story and great advice on how to become more data driven. To all of our listeners today, I hope you have enjoyed today's discussion as well, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Until then, take care of yourselves and have a great week.